Welcome to Trekker's Life. I'm sitting down today with Jamie Thomas, who has just been to paradise. How was it? Well, it definitely was paradise. Hawaii was fantastic as far as the the culture and the weather, the tropical beauty. I can't imagine a better place to spend two months. Perfect. What did you see? What did you do? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I started down there in January and I was there for January and February. My goal was to try to spend 10 days on each island. In order to, to do that, you have to experience island hopping on every every Hawaiian airline and island air route that they have and just and the ferries and it just experiencing everything from couch surfing to hotels to Airbnb and it gave me the opportunity to explore Hawaii from top to bottom in every aspect. How many did you end up hitting? All of them except for well Hawaii has eight islands total and okay. out of those eight islands we're allowed to go to six of them. The other two, one of them's forbidden, and that one is Niihau, and the other one is a was an old Navy military testing site, so therefore it's not a very safe place. You, do, you don't really want to step foot on it, per se. <laughs> so they're trying to get it cleaned up and get it safe for humans to kind of go back onto the island and... Start living and traveling and seeing it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I was able to explore... Oahu, Maui, Big Island, Kauai, Lanai, and Molokai. Do you have any favorites or are they all special in their own unique ways? You know, (laughs) I started with Kauai and when I left Kauai, I knew it was my favorite. But then I went over to Maui and Maui quickly became my favorite. And when I went to Molokai, Molokai became my favorite. So now I can't say I have a favorite because (laughs) I said that about all of them. Can't play favorites. They're all beautiful in their own way, huh? Exactly. Well, what a lot of people don't realize with the Hawaiian Islands is that they each have a separate... There's no better way to put it than a separate personality. It's only when you've become familiar with all of them that you really see that. So, for example, you have to know a little bit of the history to to fully understand how they're so characteristically and personality different. Yeah. So the Hawaiian Islands were unified by King Kamehameha, and this is a very long time ago. He was actually born on Big Island, which is often called Hawaii Island. And each of the Hawaii Islands, all all eight of them, had their own little tribes, and they would often fight with other islands next to them. Mm-hmm. And they all had their own chiefs, and, and they all wanted to do things a little bit different, hence so much conflict and war, but a lot of murder and everything like that between the Hawaiian Islands. When King Kamehameha was born on Big Island, and um, that's the time that Captain Cook first landed on Big Island and, you know, quote unquote, as some people would say, discovered the Hawaiian Islands, even though they were already inhabited for yeah. a very long time prior. Um, Captain Cook worked with King with the chief, Kamehameha, because he was the chief at the time, helped him get the power that, say, you should conquer all the islands and unify them. And so in one way or another, and historians kind of contradict each other a little bit, so it's hard to say how he helped exactly. With the assistance, Kamehameha then ended up uniting all, you know, conquering the other islands, getting everyone to declare peace and treaties and, you know, see him as the chief. And therefore, he became the king and unified all the islands. Once he did that, he actually relocated over to Oahu. And so Oahu is where everything started getting founded. And that's why Oahu is called the gathering place. That's when the ships came in and and with the development. So Oahu has always been a giant hub. And so even today, the most amount of flights go into Honolulu and into Oahu. That's where we get the shopping and the nightlife, the restaurants. I mean, we get everything that we could ever want in a big city. We can get it in Honolulu, Oahu. But that leaves the other islands to be a little bit different because they don't have to meet the expectations of a huge bustling nightlife and they don't have to have like the world-class shopping. Maui is the second most visited island in all of the Hawaiian islands. And with Maui... We get a lot more of the beautiful beaches. Yeah. But because of the location, we get a lot of whales as well. And it's perfect for whale watching, but it also has su- such lush forest over on the northwest coast. 
So that's where we get Rotahan and places like that. When we go to some of the smaller islands like Molokai, Molokai was often left behind, and therefore a lot of people say it's the most Hawaiian island of all. Most of the people there actually have the most amount of native Hawaiian blood. Yeah. And so a couple of the other islands are Big Island, which is famous for the volcanoes. It's also the newest of the islands, um, you know, even though it's still millions of years old. But, yeah, because of that, it doesn't have as much um, of the beautiful sand beaches like Maui or Kauai does. But because of the volcanoes, it actually has a lot more adventure. Yeah. And then Kauai, being the oldest of all the Hawaiian islands, has the most amount of the most amount of rainforest and the most amount of, you know, for me, I really love the hiking on it because of the valleys and because of how it just it feels like an ancient island, but it's just breathtakingly beautiful and the climate's all tropical rainforest type stuff or is it for the most part all of the all of the hawaii islands have you know a good amount of of the tropical climate um however big island is which is also called hawaiian island um is one of the only places in the world to have the variety of climates on one place on earth in one little island yeah and so you can easily get the desert you can get you know all the way up to the summit of mauna kea and mauna loa and it just it has the tropical it has you know, it has everything with the volcanoes because it is one of the world's most um, active volcanoes. Yeah. And it just has everything on that one little island. Did you get a chance to go up to the observatory? I did. I did. Um, when for a, a part of my time on Big Island, I was actually couch surfing. My host was wonderful. And we took a trip up to the top of the summit. And so we he told me to bundle up. And, yeah. you know, I'm from... Nebraska like I was living in Nebraska and I'm used to cold weather and I, I told him don't worry about it I'm good so all I had <laughs> <laughs> was I you know I I bundled up a little bit by putting on a hoodie but I still had flip-flops on we go to the summit and he was right I should have bundled up did you play it off cool though you're like I'm from Minnesota I got this <laughs> <laughs> I tried but I think he could tell that I wasn't telling the truth because my teeth were chattering oh <laughs> It was pretty cold. So the summit, bundle up. No matter where you're from, even if you're from Alaska, you should bundle up. They have snow up there and ice. It is freezing on the top of this summit. Did you get a clear day? It wasn't clear on the bottom. However, by the time you get to the summit, to the top, you've left all the clouds below you. And it is nothing but a clear sky. One of the best sunset pictures I've ever taken. When you go to the top, as you're standing on the top of the road, you're looking out over everything and the clouds are below you and the sun is setting and it's just breathtaking. Once the sun sets, which it does take a while to set because even though it's set on the bottom of the mountain, by the time you drive up to the top, you can still see the sun. And so it takes a while to set, but once it does, slowly but surely, the stars come out one by one. They're remarkable. Every little inch is hundreds of stars squeezed in and brighter than anything you've ever seen. Were you able to see the details in the Milky Way and everything? Flawlessly. And not just that, but um, there's an observatory on the very top but there's also a center that's almost at the very top it's just a little ways down um, but still well above the cloud line they do such a great job of bringing in scientists and having the telescopes and everything there and as you're standing there the scientists are telling you about you know little facts and things that people would want to know about and one of the facts that i overheard the scientist uh, announcing was there was There was a star, what I thought was a star, in the very top of the sky, and it was going across, and it was going across. So (laughs) um, as I watched it, I realized it's not a star. It must be a satellite. But no, it is the International Space Station. Yeah. He he told us all about who's up there right now and how fast it's going, and it's. But you can see it with your naked eye. Just it's over there, just Just floating by. Floating by quickly. Yep. The closest I've come to that is I've been on top mountains mountains in Colorado and it's an Ooh. incredible view. I know it's probably not as good as that, but <laughs> because of light pollution and whatnot, and that's supposed to be one of the most 
it's one of the areas that has the least amount of light pollution in all the United States, and I hear it's incredible. Yeah, it really is. Um, actually, the Hawaii, the Hawaiian Islands are some of the most isolated, if not the most isolated, island chain in the entire world. They're right there in the very center of the Pacific Ocean to where they're so far away from North America and from Central America, but they're also so far from Asia and from Australia that you get such clear 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 views of the stars yeah i can imagine it's just incredible makes you feel kind of small at the same time it does and cold (laughs) (laughs) yeah so when you go up there definitely take your time to acclimate because you are going so high up onto mauna loa and mauna kea when you go to the top of those um that you really should acclimate you get lightheaded with the um altitude altitude yeah and so we were up there for a little bit and and then it got pretty cold took a couple pictures of the stars and and then went down wow sounds Mm. amazing yeah but big island you know i'm gonna say this about all of them but that was one of my favorites because you have such a different feel on the entire island up on the north side you have hilo which is a gorgeous kind of hippie artist town with great little coffee shops and just it's so beautiful and so quaint and then on the south you have Kona which a lot of people fall in love with too it's much more developed and they get get cruise ships over there but they have good shopping they have the the walking street that that lines the ocean and a lot of restaurants and some nightlife there yeah and how is the feel towards tourists you know some some places I feel because they are so catering to tourists some people tend to shy away from that kind of stuff and some locals tend to embrace that and that's their that's their finances that's their economy mainly yeah you actually nailed it on the head with that because i i tried to really get off the beaten path and i tried to really get lost into the the authentic culture I never hesitate to talk to anyone and everyone. And I just love collecting little stories and and little snippets from each and every person that I can come across. And so one of the questions that I asked almost everyone that I met is, how how do you feel being a Hawaiian? And how do you feel about, um, you know, what what the Hawaiian islands have grown into? And in addition, about the tourism. And I really found it to be 50-50. A mix, complete. Yeah, and there was very few people who were, who were in the middle. Yeah. It seemed that either people, you know, they, they understand that there's not that many jobs. Back in the day... There used to be sugar plantations with, and there used to be pineapple plantations. They used to be, you know, have, have quite a bit going for them with jobs and with income and, you know, a, a good living. However, because you can grow those even, even more affordably in Indonesia and different places like that, now there's almost nothing left in Hawaii for plantations. Yeah. So that's where a lot of people are struggling to find work. They understand that um, tourism brings in a huge industry of, of money, people spending money left and right in Hawaii and jobs because of that. And so they appreciate that, you know, they might be in a little bit more trouble financially and with an unemployment rate if we didn't have the tourism in Hawaii, which I can understand the other side, too is that a lot of the what they call mainlanders, which is everyone not from Hawaii. Yeah. When a lot of mainlanders come to Hawaii, they don't have the same respect. This is something that I learned pretty quick in Hawaii, is that you get used to your home being an island when you have trash and and the trash isn't biodegradable. Where is it going to go? You suddenly see that the land that you're standing on is the only land that you have. And that's something that with me spending so much time in Nebraska, I didn't quite realize because we have endless amounts of land here. Yeah. But when you're in when you're in an island and you see all the consumerism and and, you know, how bad it is if if something's not recyclable then, you know, it really makes you reevaluate what you're putting into the land. So with a lot of the tourism that comes in, they don't always have the same respect as what the natives do. And so they'll leave plastic cups on the beach that then get washed into the ocean. And, you know, and not everyone, thankfully. 
But that's something that a lot of the natives see happening to their island is the amount of water pollution and the trash. It's just disrespectful, I feel. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's important to definitely, if you have the chance to visit the Hawaiian Islands, you should. But to do so respectfully. Yeah. So what's there to do on the big island? What isn't there to do on the big island? That's probably the best one to start with because you really can do anything and everything. Um, I love adventure. It just, I love helping people find adventure and, you know, just feeling alive and feeling like you're doing something. And so my favorite island to send people to for adventure is Big Island. When you're on Big Island, you have zip lining, especially up in the north. You have the hiking also in the north and, and around the craters of the volcanoes in the south and it just all over the island. You have some amazing green sand beaches and a few other small beaches, but you also have a lot of black sand beaches from the lava yeah. and from the volcanoes. And speaking of volcanoes, what about one of the most active volcanoes in the world? Did you get a chance to see that? I did. It changes every every 10 minutes. It changes. And so we were walking up to the so we were walking up to the visitor center and as we were walking up a few people were walking down saying, "Oh, you can't see very much right now." And so we finished walking the 5 minutes up to the top and as we did, we noticed that the clouds were parting and it was clearing and suddenly you could see bubbling lava in the crater. Yeah. And as we watched, it just got more and more spectacular. And we were up there fascinated and just frozen watching this bubbling lava in the crater of the volcano for about half an hour. And then it started to cloud over again. And as we watched it, it clouded over so you couldn't see it very often. Yeah. And so then we went down and, and I don't know if it ever came back, if it ever cleared up again for the next few people, but it was just, it was spectacular. And I feel pretty fortunate because a lot of people, I think it's um, only one third of the people who visit the volcano actually can see visibly the lava. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's not too common, but... Is it pretty crowded up top? Um, there, I was up there with maybe two dozen people in total and but of course anyone's free to to come and go so sometimes it'll be less crowded sometimes it'll be more crowded but the volcano is quite a sight i hadn't you know i've i've hiked volcanoes before and spent time with volcanoes around the world but this one was very unusual to actually see bubbling lava oh awesome Mm -hmm. so the hiking is that did you get a chance to go on any hikes or anything on the big island So one of the most amazing things then for the hikes that are offered in this region is the Kilauea Iki Crater hike. And this hike actually goes around on some of this landscape and it really is remarkable. So out of all the Hawaiian islands and all the hikes that I did, one of my favorite is also on Big Island and that is called Pololu Valley Trail. And this valley trail is breathtaking. You go down and it opens up into a valley and they have a beach there. It's gorgeous. And you can sit on the beach and you can play. And there's a few people who are camping there as well. I don't know if they can do that legally, but, but they, they were. were yeah. yeah. It, are these a bunch of day hikes then that you just go out with a lunch or something? These ones are day hikes. And okay. I do suggest com- going down and doing the trails with a lot of water and with some snacks as well. But most importantly with Hawaii, we are on a tropical island and therefore it's going to, it could easily rain out of nowhere. Yeah. And it probably is going to. So bring your umbrella. Especially <laughs> if you have camera equipment. Yeah. Which um, I did and I didn't have my umbrella. And oh. by the time I got to the top, I was dripping wet. I was soaked to the bone. So trying to keep a camera dry <laughs> when you're it's getting poured yeah. on. Yeah. So definitely bring, um, definitely bring an umbrella and, you know, just a small compact one, something. It never hurts to also carry a, an extra swimsuit and a small little hand towel or something in case you do get really hot and yeah. want to jump into any beaches or swimming holes or waterfalls that you come across. Oh, and the other thing, don't forget to bring mosquito repellent. Are the mosquitoes bad? They can be pretty bad, especially the road to Hana. 
in Maui. Um, the road to Hana is legendary and beautiful. And when you're doing the road to Hana, you come across the most breathtaking waterfalls and you just stumble into them. There's also a ton of hikes that go up and down like the little rivers and, and you just go through the rainforest and it's so lush and, and just begs to be, to be discovered and explored. And one of my favorite parts of the road to Hana was the bamboo forest. And so you just pull over your car at, alongside the bamboo and there's all these winding trails and you feel like you're in that movie Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. <laughs> And you, everywhere you look, just towering above you is this bamboo. You're free to explore. Yeah. You just grab a camera and mosquito repellent and you just... And sunscreen. And oh. sunscreen. And just explore. How fun. Yeah. And there are quite a few mosquitoes. The more lush and green a rainforest is, the, the more, more mosquitoes, mosquitoes gonna that there's going to be. Oh. I hate mosquitoes. I think everybody hates mosquitoes. I know, especially if we're out there actually trekking and hiking. Yeah. Then that's uh, one of the nuisances that we have to kind of put up with or prepare for. No ticks though, right? Not that I saw. And I haven't heard of anyone getting ticks in Hawaii, so I don't know if they are there. One of the best things about Hawaii, and it took a little bit to get used to this, is that there's not really many dangers. They don't have any snakes. They don't have hardly anything that could hurt you at all. You don't have a single thing to worry about. No venomous snakes, no no nothing that's going to, that you can stumble across and would hurt you. The only thing to worry about is the centipede. And, you know, that's got a pretty, pretty rough bite. But that's the only thing you really have to watch out for. Do they get the big island centipedes, the huge ones? They do. Oh, yeah, those things it, are nasty. Yeah. So that's the only thing you have to watch out for. But it's just so nice to not have to worry about anything else, you know? Because usually when we're trekking in the Amazon or when we're in, you know, places like um, Alaska, there's a lot that we have to worry worry about, like bears. Yeah. And no, there's nothing dangerous in Hawaii. What about in the water though? You got your jellyfish? Or are they do there, they have jellyfish beaches or Yeah, there are a few there are some jellyfish in Hawaii. Um if they are pretty heavy then they're gonna put out some warnings and so when 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 you go to a beach and you haven't looked at any warnings, the locals and anyone else there are usually really good about saying like, Hey, you know, there's been a couple jellyfish spotted today so be careful yeah that's good so people look out for you for sure um but the other thing is that yes there are sharks in hawaii however people are not their natural prey and therefore sharks usually only go after people if the water is really murky if they get it if they get people confused with seals and things like that and so the clearer the water the better it is to swim yeah, shark attacks are really rare. Very, very Statistically rare. Statistically rare and just mm-hmm. shouldn't even be a concern. Yeah, and everywhere that you go, there are a million surfers out there too. And the surfers aren't worried about a thing. Did so. you get to try surfing? I did. I did. Um, I did surfing. If Hawaii has two places that are tied from a lot of people's perspective. The top two places to learn to surf are going to be Waikiki and, you know, Honolulu or anywhere on Oahu. And the other place is Kauai. Yeah. And so I learned how to surf in Kauai. It was, was a bit of a workout. Time? It was my first time. Oh, wow. Were you able to stand? Well, I caught a wave, but it was on accident. I think it still counts then, right? I, I'm debating about that. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't count as much as if I would have caught it on purpose. Yeah. But I still caught the wave. Um, I was sitting. So I was able to catch a wave, but it was on accident. I was with a friend who I met there in Kauai, and she was teaching me how to how to surf. And so we rented two boards, and we, we get into the water, and we're paddling, and we're paddling, and it's exhausting. It yeah. really is, trying to, like, paddle against the waves and trying to dive under the big waves that are coming. Um, but we get out there past the past the break point which is where you have to be because you have to catch the waves as they're coming in so you have to be behind them and so we're hanging out behind them and I'm sitting on my board and 
And she says, oh, here's one coming up. Paddle, paddle, paddle. So we start paddling and she's right behind me and I'm paddling and I'm paddling and I, you know, everything is so crazy and I, I, I don't know what's happening and I'm just going and I'm going as hard as I can. I'm so exhausted and my, my muscles and my arms are burning, but I'm just paddling through the pain. And next thing I know, I feel a giant push and she, it ends up that she pushed me into, <laughs> you know, that final push that I needed to catch the wave. And from that point, my board just went forward and I just started and there was this huge roar of the wave behind me and I just held on and I caught the wave and I just started, I'm like, ah, I wasn't screaming, but I wasn't quiet. I'm like, oh my God. And then, um, yeah. And then I went upside down. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then, then it, the wave had caught me then and flipped me over. Turned but, bad quickly. <laughs> yeah, but you know, not too bad for for a first wave that I wasn't expecting to actually catch. Yeah. And so it just goes uphill from there, though. Surfing is just one of the most exhilarating activities that you can do in Hawaii. They used to reserve it for royalty, and so the Kamehameha dynasty used to be able to do it. So it was. Uh, and so it was only recently opened up to where, you know, the people uh, such as Duke, who is a famous Hawaiian surfer, was able to take it and, and turn it into something that everyone could do. Yeah. And help to pave the way for even mainlanders like me could go to Hawaii and learn how to do it. Did you actually have instruction or did they just send you out there with the board and give you a few pointers and good to go? So I'd made friends with a few of the locals and did a few hikes on Kauai. And through that, I met Kaylee and she she was surfing and she loved it. And so her and I, she rented a board for me and she gave me instruction. Yeah. And a lot of people pay a lot of money to learn how to surf with a private instructor. But this is one of the great things about, you know, going to Hawaii on your own and, you know, making friends and meeting people. And talking to people, yeah. Exactly. I, it just it provides such a different experience of what a lot of other people are able to get. And so she she gave me quite a bit of instructions and I looked it up on WikiHow and just to get a few more little tips in case there was something that she missed. And yeah, we just hit the waves and, and went for it. Watched a few YouTube videos or anything? <laughs> I didn't get that far. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a lot more prep that I could have done. But when, once you get out there and, and catch your first few waves, it just, it becomes so exhilarating. Now you have a new sport to do for life. Exactly. And you can take it anywhere in the world, pretty much, except for Nebraska. But Indonesia <laughs> has some wonderful surfing. And, you know, just especially Costa Rica, when you get to the Pacific side. And in fact, I think that Peru even has quite a few surf spots on them. Even here on the Great Lakes, you can go. Really? Yeah, that doesn't sound pleasant, though. I hear it's <laughs> very cold. It sounds a bit chilly, <laughs> but if you love the sport, you do it. Yeah, wherever you can find. Yeah. Um. So a few other things about Big Island that, that you know, if you're going to get there and want to seize the opportunity to do something a bit unique, the trails really are unworldly on Big Island. However, at night, when you're in Kona, which is one of the bigger cities, you can actually swim with manta rays. Oh, no way. Yeah, you can get, um, there's a little tour that they can do that you can jump on a boat and they take you to the manta rays and it's pitch black and you're underwater and they put out some lights and you're able to see them. It's amazing. How, did you get a chance to do that? No. No. Oh. <laughs> So, of course, everyone loves waterfalls when they go to Hawaii. So one of the best on Big Island is Akaka Falls, which is breathtaking. But a few other things that you can do that I really, really suggest for Big Island is the helicopter tours. They are unbelievable. And for me, the top two places in all the Hawaii islands to do helicopter tours is Maui and Big Island. But if you do them on Big Island, you actually get a chance to see the, the lava below you. And a lot of times the lava is pouring into the ocean. And so the helicopter tour on Big Island is beautiful. But that's also where we get a lot of the golf courses on Big Island. So if for anybody who really does like to go golfing, that's one of the best places. Um, and also don't forget that Big Island has the Ironman Triathlon 
that oh, happens once a year. I didn't even know that. Yeah. The, when you're driving along Big Island, because I really recommend you have to rent a car on every Hawaiian island that you go to, except if you're going to be staying in Honolulu. But when you rent a car in Big Island, then you, as you're driving around, you see all the people practicing for triathlons. They train there just to get ready for the triathlon. Well, there's a lot of people who train there, just um, long-distance bike riders and long-distance joggers and stuff like that, just because the road is very straight yeah. and very flat. It just It's a great place to go on like a 20-mile, 40, 50, 80-mile bike ride. So getting around on each island, you'd recommend just renting a car. That's the easiest, quickest for sure. The best way to get around, um, because there aren't, there can be public transportation, especially, um, especially in Oahu, there's pretty good public transportation. However, the other islands, it can be pretty scarce and doesn't happen very often and it won't go to the places that you need. And so it is pretty affordable to rent a car and that'll be by far the best way to get around. Oh, perfect. Yeah, Hawaii is a place where you shouldn't be stuck in one little town or one little city. You should definitely be getting out and exploring the entire island just because there's so many highlights across the the entire land. And there's so much to do, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, there is. So make sure you have some insurance, <laughs> rent a car, and bring some mosquito repellent and go. Awesome. I mean, Big Island... We could go on about the adventures and the possibilities on it, but another island that a lot of people really enjoy for adventure is going to be Maui, and Maui is one of the better places for beaches. Oh, okay. Definitely some beautiful, breathtaking beaches. So Maui, with the beaches, you can get black sand beaches, you can get the green sand beaches. I think they had pink sand beaches, of course, the white sand yeah. as well. Um, but as far as stretches of beach, there are some beautiful ones like Ka'anapali. Yes. And there's also the Wailea Beach. And these are some of the most remarkable beaches in the world, depending on you know what type of beaches that you like. And the they're just powder though beautiful yeah um maui also offers such lush tropical forest and as we covered a little bit with road to hana a lot of adventures that you can stumble upon um of course with the valleys and everything it's also really good for the helicopter tour and waterfalls left and right on the entire island do you have any beach preference you know my favorite was the and I know that Maui offers powder white sand beaches, but my yeah. favorite was the black sand beach. Just because it's so unique. Very unique. And as we were swimming in it, um, I was there with a couple friends. And as we were swimming in it, there was a green sea turtle that was right oh, no there in way. the water next to us. Does the beach get pretty hot itself, the black sand? Um, It wasn't hot, but it was a little bit, it wasn't powder. Yeah. And therefore, you know, they're kind of like little tiny, they're mixed between little itty bitty stones and sand. And so they can be a bit rough on the on the feet. So definitely flip flops or something along that. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're only playing for about an hour, then it's not too bad. But if you're going to spend the entire day in the water and like on, running back and forth with the waves and stuff, then then, you know, it would be good to have water shoes, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but Maui also offers um, like the whale watching out of Lahaina. So Lahaina is one of my favorite out of all the Hawaiian islands for little villages to, to enjoy. Because when Captain Cook first discovered the Hawaiian islands, he opened it up for whaling. So people from and ships from all over the world would then flock to Maui and Lahaina was the main port for all the whales and everything that that are out there and Lahaina became such a a unique cultural blend right here in the Hawaiian Islands and with Lahaina it, the way it is today of course nobody's out there hunting whales which yeah. is always good um, but now it just has the walking street the main street that goes along the the front street so now Lahaina today is dotted with such beautiful shopping and and some pizza restaurants and some seaside seafood restaurants and world-class bars and lounges. And, and it's all right there on Front Street. And so beautiful views. 
So the whale watching, is there a particular group of whales that you like to see or is what what kind of whales are in that area? Yeah. Um, you know, with me being there January and February, it was prime whale watching season and these were the humpback whales. Okay. They were everywhere. Every single island, whenever I went to a beach, I would scan the horizon. And I think I drove people crazy because I'm like, where's the whales? Where's the whales? And they're like, why are you always talking about whales? But I'd always find them. And if you know what to look for, you'll see them. It's sad when the novelty of whales wears off. (laughs) It is. Oh, man. Yeah. But it's just... It's beautiful in Maui. That's the best place, in my opinion, to actually watch for whales. And you just look for the spout and they are always breaching and they're so active and they're jumping. And sometimes you'll see a giant, giant spout come out of the water and you'll see a little baby spout next to it. And that's how you know there's babies. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Did you get a chance to do any of the tours? No, (laughs) unfortunately not. Um, how was the spam? The spam. So <laughs> this is something that I remember for childhood just cause I was, uh, I grew up on, a, in Honolulu actually. So my parents, I think that they got it from Hawaii. All I remember is that they would make macaroni and cheese for us kids. And then they would cut up spam and throw it in the macaroni and cheese and we would have it all the time. And so I learned pretty quick that I don't like spam. Oh, okay. (laughs) So when I went back this time, I found it kind of funny that on certain menus you could see like fried spam and and things like that. They really embraced it for some reason. Yeah. You didn't sample it again to bring back some of those old memories? (laughs) Tempting, but no. I kind of went for more of there's so much roast pork. Yeah. And the chicken is really good. And just the the cuisines are amazing in Hawaii. And a lot of... um, they have a lot of they have a lot of people who are from all over the world, especially Asian countries in Hawaii. So they tend to cater towards just a world perspective. Exactly. So some of the best Thai food and some of the best in not Indian food. So some of the best Thai food and some of the best Japanese food and the Korean food. I could not get enough of the Korean food. Oh wow. How was the seafood? The seafood was delicious. Some of the freshest fish in the world yeah i can imagine yeah so so i definitely indulged in the cuisine (laughs) so a couple other things about maui um one of my favorite places in the world to go kayaking is right there off the coast of maui so places like honolua bay are just beautiful for kayaking but uh, other things to do that maui has to offer of course zip lining yeah it, you're on in line and you're speeding through the through the jungle and it's just zip lining is such an adventure yeah so how did you get around from island to island um there's a there's a few different ways that you can do it um the first thing that a lot of people don't realize they think that they can just take a ferry and ferry hop or take a boat But Hawaii does a great job to protect the waters and they know that if they had uh, boats going from island to island to island all the time that it would kind of push the whales away and therefore they do not offer island to island to island boat service or ferry service. So the only way to actually island hop is by flights and it seems like there are a hundred flights or more to each island every day. Um, although for the smaller islands like Lanai and Molokai, of course, it's not that number. So there's actually several different options for flights. The largest one is going to be Hawaiian Airlines, and they have the biggest, newest planes. Um, a couple of my favorite, though, I love Island Air. They just have much more of a personal connection. But my favorite is Mokulele Airlines, just because... It's a thrill when you get into one of these tiny piston planes. Yeah. And you can only fit eight people, eight or nine people on each of these planes because they're so small. But because of that, everyone gets a window seat because there's so few, (laughs) there's such little room in the plane. And you're actually sitting right there next to the pilot. And if it's a really friendly pilot, which they usually are, then they're going to point and to the left and say, you know, to the left, we have the volcano. Or if you look down at the right, you'll see that we're passing, 
you know, um, Lahaina. Or if you look to the right, you're going to see a pod of whales. And there, you feel like you're getting a private tour every time that you step into Mokulele Airlines flights. And they fly to, to Molokai, the island of Molokai, a lot. And they fly Maui quite a bit, too. And so every time that you're on one of these and they fly to Big Island and you just, it's an experience. It's not just one of these big, comfortable planes, but you actually, you know, the, you feel like you're in a tiny little helicopter almost. How were, how reasonable were the flights? Very, very affordable. So they range anywhere between $60, maybe go up to 80, 90, maybe even a hundred. Yeah. But depending on when you look, they're they're usually a hundred or less for each flight. And these days, you shouldn't go to Hawaii and only see one island. Now we should be exploring as many islands as what we can fit in. So if we have ten days to explore Hawaii or even just seven, maybe match it with three days in Waikiki and Oahu, three or four days, and then do a few days in Maui or a few days on Big Island. Oh nice. Yeah. So thanks to all the all the flight companies out there, you can easily island hop and for pretty affordably as well. Yeah. Good. So a few unique parts about Oahu and of course Oahu is known as the gathering place. It's definitely the most developed and the biggest city. In fact, um, in Honolulu, the city of Honolulu itself, it has more people in that one city than the rest of the Hawaiian islands combined. So it's a pretty big place. I I believe it has just over a million people as a population. Um, It has such unique things in this one city and in, in this island in the middle of the ocean. So with Oahu, we have such a variety of unique things to do. One of my favorite things in the world, and I was so excited to to experience this in February, is an artist, is like a street artist um, festival called Pow Wow. Oh. And they bring in street artists and people who do murals from all over the world and they take over a portion of Honolulu and they just every year they paint brand new giant beautiful murals and so I actually had the opportunity to meet someone named Steve and he is putting out an app that's available for download pretty soon here and through this app you can walk through each of the murals and he has an interview with the artist he has a background on the artist yeah, so we get to experience it without even having to buy the ticket to go to Honolulu. It's like a virtual tour of the whole exhibition. That's exactly it. And the exhibition is spread out between, I believe, up to two square miles. And it's just on in alleys and it's on buildings and it's, you know, it just takes over so many gorgeous buildings and just emphasizes them with, with art from different perspectives depending on the artist. Yeah. And it's quite breathtaking. Try, doing a virtual, uh, doing a virtual tour through Steve's app is actually a lot easier than trying to like find these hidden little little murals all over all over the city. Yeah. yeah, which is what I did. It took me three days to go see them all. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, we're talking miles. 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 Oh. Yeah, just and even though it's not that um, spread out per se, it's just trying to find like what side of which building block after block and alley after alley of of this district and they're all kind of scattered a little bit and so it takes quite a bit of walking to to try to find them all did you get to see anybody working on them i did and so they they bring all the artists in and they do the powwow for an entire week and the date changes but this time it was mid-february and so I was there the last couple of days and I was able to, to see a lot of the artists and to, to capture a lot of the images. Oh, perfect. Yeah, it was just it was something that I'll never forget having the chance to to be in, to, in such a creative environment where where people are flourishing on art and by expressing themselves in these beautiful murals. That's great when a community can foster those kind of things. Yeah, and Honolulu definitely does. So a couple other things about Oahu that are a little bit unique is the North Shore. And North Shore is something that almost everyone's heard about. I mean, this is where we get the bonsai pipeline. We get Sunset Beach, all these 
gorgeous, gorgeous beaches that are filled with like hardcore surfers and the waves that are massive. And so as you're sitting on the beach, soaking up some sun, you can feel these huge waves crash against the shore. It just, it's an experience. With North Shore, that's also the best place to go skydiving as well. Oh, no way. Yeah, one of the only places in Hawaii to go skydiving. That horrifies me. (laughs) (laughs) And me too. But teach their own. Yeah, I tried it once, not in Hawaii, but, um, you know, once is enough. I've never done it. I can't say that I ever would. Not even North Shore? Not even, no, never. (laughs) Yeah, I always swore I would never do it again, but North Shore is tempting. Is it? Can you imagine the view as you jump out of it? Assuming that your eyes are open when you jump out of a plane. You're not horrified, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And that you're on more, you know, that your mind is actually taking in things other than how loud are you screaming. Yeah. Um, It's a beautiful view. I can't imagine a more beautiful view. Oh, so where did you go skydiving? Was um, it here locally? In the cornfields in Nebraska. Oh. <laughs> it's about as opposite from North Shore as what you can get. I can imagine. Yeah, but if you like corn, there's nothing more beautiful. If you go skydiving in Nebraska, yeah. that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I couldn't even focus on the ground. I would be too horrified of anything. Yeah, I was screaming yeah. a lot, a whole lot. Yeah, when I did it. But, you know. So but for you anyone. Did it. I got that out of the way. Yes. If thankfully, I don't have to do that again. Um, but for anyone <laughs> who wants to, then of course North Shore in Oahu has the best skydiving in in Hawaii. Probably in the world. Uh, I would say so. Yeah, just all the surfers beneath you, and you can see the waves coming in. And North Shore is is really lush. I know we've talked about rainforest quite a bit, but North Shore definitely captures that entire environment. In fact, that's one of the best hikes when you're going, when you're on Oahu and head up to the North Shore. There are some beautiful hikes over there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, of course, not the best place to learn how to surf. A <laughs> <laughs> place called uh, Bonsai Pipeline isn't, uh, you know, very tempting for beginners. For the novice, yeah. Exactly. Um, and speaking of hiking, I'm sure a lot of people have also heard of Diamond Head. And Diamond Head got, got its name because there, were, there was a sailboat going around the, the island of Oahu. And the English soldiers looked over and they saw this volcano, this mountain, that was sparkling. And they thought that they were diamonds. And so, hence the name Diamond Head. Yeah. Of course, they quickly get over there as fast as they can and they realize they're just minerals. They're not diamonds. Um, but the name Diamond Head definitely stuck. And so that is such a fun popular hike for hawaii is to do the some people can do it in an hour some people an hour and a half to go up but it's beautiful and it's it's definitely popular so you know be be ready for some lines and and a lot of people but to to hike diamond head you know that's something that that almost everyone should would yeah yeah and could do probably. Yeah, definitely. There were when I did it, there was some seventy-year-old uh, Japanese grandmas in front of me that Getting were up doing to the it. Top, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then I was a little bit out of breath, and they're just trekking on. And <laughs> so I, I would say, um, yeah, everyone can do it. Perfect. Yeah, and so that's a nice little hike as well, and it's not too bad, and it's beautiful views up there as well. Um, of course, one of the really beautiful forest hikes that you can find in Oahu is Manoa Falls. And Manoa Falls, even kids can do that one. Yeah. But it, it goes to the waterfalls, which are beautiful. You know, Kualoa Ranch is a very popular spot on Oahu where they filmed Jurassic Park. Yeah, the and, famous. Yeah, the famous valleys where the dinosaurs are running and they also filmed parts of Lost and I think um, if I remember right 50 different movies that were filmed in Hawaii were actually filmed on that ranch yeah and so they Kualoa Ranch does a great job to to kind of be an unusual unusual destination to to visit for the afternoon but you can also do horseback riding they have boats that go to secret secret island or secret beach which is on an island and so they do atvs and just 
everything right there. So that, and it's pretty close to um, to Honolulu as well. And so it's a really cool place to go up to. Sounds like a ton of options. Yeah. Well, and this isn't even touching Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Which um, is definitely a bucket list item for for a lot of people out there. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, so that kind of covers some of Oahu, but, um, you know, the new hot island that everyone's talking about, that everyone wants to go to, is the untouched island of Kauai. And Kauai is just, it's the oldest island, and they call it the Garden Island, just because it's so green from top to bottom. And so because of that, if you're going to Hawaii to actually hike, you know, and, and that's your reason for visiting, then maybe the island that you want to go to is actually Kauai. And Kauai has one of the most beautiful places is Waimea. And they call, I think it was Mark Twain that that called Waimea Canyon the Grand Canyon of the Pacific. And it's definitely got a lot of attention. It's this huge, beautiful canyon. And it's covered in hiking trails. So no matter how easy or how long and difficult of a trail that you want, this is your spot. You can get a tent, make sure that wherever you're going that camping is um, is allowed, and you can go on multi-day hikes and uh, just camp out there. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it's just gorgeous. Is that a popular thing? Very popular. However, um, Kauai doesn't get that many visitors and tourists compared to Maui or compared to Big Island. And so when you go to Kauai, you, you won't, don't have that many people around you. And so the hiking in Kauai, you can really find yourself in isolation a little bit and you can actually enjoy nature and enjoy the peace and quiet. And just, it's a great chance to appreciate the natural beauty. So Kauai was was one of my favorites, definitely. And it's also home to the most popular multi-day trek, which is the very famous Nepali coastline. And this is something you should definitely train for and prep for because it's a tough hike. But you should pack pack a tent and pack a lot of water and food and spend a couple days to do it. And it's just the reward when you get to the end. You it, Pictures don't do it justice. Incredible. Just incredible. Yeah. And so the Nepali coast coastline trail that one is one of the most famous ones but because it is so strenuous and because you do have to get a permit and you also have to pack all the stuff because it's a multi-day hike to get from one end to the other then not many people actually go through with it and do it and so um you know train and prep and then you can do it and very very rewarding oh that sounds amazing yeah so do you have any highlights of your trip that you want to share with us you know one of my one of my highlights was the time that I spent in Molokai and Molokai is a tiny little island it's so small it's thin but long hardly anyone actually goes there they there's not many restaurants and there's no nightlife really at all. A lot of residents, or is it pretty sparse? There, It's very sparse. There's not many people. I think the population, and I could be wrong, but I think it's 3,000 people on the entire island. You know, it's um, it doesn't have any resorts. It only has a couple hotels, and that's about it. And, and you have condos you can rent out on Airbnb and stuff, but not. it's the only island in Hawaii that is slowing down and getting less populated instead of more. And so Molokai is is definitely an unusual destination in Hawaii that is very rewarding. So if you go there, you know, just know that there's not shopping and we don't go there for the nightlife. We don't go there for a crazy busy itinerary. We go there to sit on the beach and to enjoy nature and to go on hikes and, you know, just to enjoy the peace and quietness. Sounds relaxing. It definitely is relaxing. And, and a lot of people, um, of course, a lot of people want to retire to the Hawaiian Islands. And for a lot of them who choose to go to Molokai, thinking that they would be very happy with how relaxing and quiet Molokai is, it only takes a couple of years before they get, get completely island crazy. And move to a different island. Yeah, I can imagine that. 
Yeah, but it really is paradise if you just want the tranquility of just you and a beach. In fact, um, one of my favorite experiences in all of Hawaii was having the chance to go to a beach and they call it the 20 mile beach. And it just stretches on. It's this huge, huge beach, white sand speckled with seashells, beautiful turquoise blue water and, you know, some light waves coming in. And it's just a slice of heaven and it stretches on for miles to the left and for miles to the right. And you're the only one standing there. Oh, wow. And to, to sit down and to watch the sun set and this little slice of heaven is yours. It's, there's no one else there. And it, as, as you're walking around and like trying to get to the end, which is miles away, you realize that the only footsteps are yours. This is the, the call of Molokai. It's just, it's beautiful. Yeah. And definitely tranquil. So when I was in Molokai, I spent the first few days just because I really wanted to connect with the local culture and therefore I wanted to stay with a local person. And so I couch surfed with a, a host that was a fireman and he had such an unusual perspective of the entire island because the, every little corner of Molokai was his home. You know, he, he had his house, but he just was always exploring and, you know, growing up there and, you know, and getting to know the island from top to bottom, he just was really familiar with it. So he also had a fascination with history. And so just learning so much about the culture and the history from him really gave it a unique perspective. And just hearing the stories of, you know, how much he saw all his neighbors, his family and just and and growing up in such a small community, but also being a fireman there, it, it was definitely an unusual experience and one that was very eye-opening. And as he took me around quite a bit and I just, I picked up so much information from him. And then he was also patient because um, I came down with a kidney infection on my very first day in Molokai, oh. which landed me in the emergency room. Yeah, um, but it, I have to say the Molokai um, General Hospital emergency room is the nicest emergency room I've ever been in. Best place to get sick. I couldn't imagine a better place. <laughs> <laughs> if you have to come down with a kidney infection, you know, that's the place. Not that I recommend it. Not, that's not a travel tip. But, you know, if it happens, then you're in good hands. Good. Yeah. Um, so every time I had to go back a few times to for prescriptions and different antibiotics. And every time that I would that I would uh, limp in, <laughs> you know, weak and, and in, in a lot of pain, the, the front staff would always recognize me. Um, I forget her name, but she always remembered me and she, hi, Jamie, let me go get the doctor for you. And the, they were just so nice. And they would call and follow up with me. <laughs> and every time and everyone was always smiling. Yeah, I bet it's hard not to smile on those islands. Yeah, well, especially Molokai. Um, it's just, they call it the friendly island, and they also call it the most Hawaiian island. And just everyone, I didn't meet anyone there that I didn't like. So what was the fireman's perspective on the island and his life there? Yeah, it, it was fascinating to, to get to know Molokai from his perspective, because he would drive, we would drive around, um, and he would, be the one driving and if he saw something wrong he would stop and take care of it and so if he saw that um you know that a fence needed mending then and or it had just simply like the gate had been had fallen open or something like that he would stop the he would stop his car and he would go and fix it and just he really showed me that that everyone cares about each other. And as, as we would drive around, every car that would pass, um, you know, as they would pass directions, we were heading north and they were heading south, they would wave at each other. And everyone there seems like family. Very, and very small town feeling. Very, very small town. But it goes beyond the small town. It's a small town feeling on the entire island. We would drive half an hour to the other side and still be running into everyone there. And just, it's a small town feeling for the entire island. Oh, beautiful. 
Yeah. And just seeing what people do with their lives. And, and he had the opportunity to know so many people when he was, you know, just out of high school. And now that he's almost retired, then just seeing where people's lives progress to and who's doing what with, you know, building different houses and, you know, settling different parts of the island and, and who's um, investing in this. And like, you know, especially because there was so many jobs with many different, um, plantations and different different opportunities that had come and passed throughout the years and just seeing how things were was was really remarkable it sounds completely incredible yeah so that's a place that i won't forget like my time with him or and my time in the emergency room (laughs) and the beaches and and everything in between nice yeah so did you get a chance to go into any luau's one of my favorite experiences actually was the luau's and especially in Kauai, i became really close friends with a fire dancer there and as i was there for i think seven to ten days total and for one of the days he didn't have much to do on one of them and i didn't have anything scheduled and i wanted to go on hikes a ton of hikes and so he was my private guide and he because he was born and raised on Kauai he knew all the hidden spots and he took me on these hikes and and to the waterfalls and just he he was so much fun and the very next day he invited his brother and me to actually watch him fire dance at one of the luau's it was just remarkable and a few days later as well, we were sitting at a dock. He had a couple of fire dancer friends right then and there. Whether I don't know if they should have, <laughs> so I'm not saying any names. But they were actually able to light up and and kind of perform and to practice and just you know getting in with such an unusual, a creative crowd like that was was really great. Amazing. Yeah, and so I was able to see a luau from that perspective to actually get to know the struggles of what fire dancers on small islands actually go through because there's so many luau's that demand, um, you know, different performers and different performances. There's only such a few amount of fire dancers on the island. Okay, so my favorite luau out of all the Hawaiian islands um, is my favorite because it seems to be really hard to find, you know, kind of the more authentic, however, not too, not so big that you feel like you're just one of a hundred people that changes every night. Where it's you a production. Know, exactly. You So to try to stay away from that kind of production style and to get something small and friendly, you know, I looked all over for the best luau in Hawaii. And I really found it. It's called, it's actually over at the Ka'anapali Beach Hotel, which is in Maui. This one, and it's really famous. It's called Legends of Ka'anapali. And it was the best because everyone is so friendly and everyone smiles. And the staff is so, they're just, they go above and beyond. And they have a show before where they actually immerse you with the local cultures and little aspects. But then they spoil you rotten with the food, with the buffet. The dancing is authentic. Just, it feels so small that it just feels like you're actually a person there as a visitor instead of someone who just sits in a seat for a little bit and then leaves because you're going to be replaced, you know, earlier that night. Other people were there later. It doesn't have that feeling to it. Yeah. And so it was, it was definitely my favorite out of all the Hawaii Island luau's. Perfect. Yeah. So the luau's were a lot of fun, but in the surfing and just getting lost in the forests and and being able to explore and the bamboo and, you know, the wildlife that you would come across with the birds and just everything beautiful like that and and the nature, but the beaches and, and the volcano. Hawaii really is a place where when you go, it leaves a lasting impact on you. I mean, you cannot go to Hawaii and not feel that your soul's changed for the better. It just, it leaves this feeling that resonates with you for the rest of your life. Just, and you know, that might not be a good thing because Hawaii, (laughs) that this, this beautiful tropical paradise is addicting. And you just, every time you, you go, you just, you want to stay, you know, you just, you want to explore some more. When's your next trip out there? 
<laughs> I wish I could go tomorrow. Yeah. Unfortunately, Mexico is also calling, oh, so I yeah. have to get that out of the way first. But I hope to be back in Hawaii by the end of the year. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Hopefully living there. No. Oh, if only. <laughs> I, I do miss it. And I've, you know, and I've only been back for two weeks and yeah. it just feels like it's been too long. Yeah. Already yeah. missing it. Yeah, definitely. And just the people and the locals are just so friendly and just it's so easy to sit and just to start chatting with the people around you. And it's a place where where life slows down. You know, it's it's easy to put your phone on silent and feel like it's a good thing. Yeah. Different yeah. pace. It is a different pace. It's an island. It's an island style. But, but it's just the easiest destination to, to go to because everyone speaks English and your cell phones are going to work flawlessly and your car insurance as well and your medical insurance, as I can tell you. And <laughs> not just that, but the currency is U.S. dollar. I mean, I can't imagine a more culturally different place that still is as comfortable and approachable as home to travel to that's still the united states it's yeah. still the united states and it really is a paradise beautiful yeah so how can people get a hold of you and how can people find out more about hawaii yeah um well because i was actually raised there then and because i'm a travel agent then it felt natural to be a hawaiian specialist so i actually book people there quite a quite a bit as well and they can get a hold of me through my website, which is adventureandleisure.com. And the name of the travel agency is Adventure and Leisure Travel Experts. 